This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale. And today we're going to speak about amazing parishes and amazing priests during the (laughs) month of June. Archbishop, please help us begin with your prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, you have given the care of all of the churches to your Son, Jesus, who is the Good Shepherd of the flock who is the bridegroom of his beloved spouse, the church. But, Father, you also give to certain men that special participation in the gift of the priesthood of your Son, Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask you to be with all of our priests and be with our people, the the loving flock that they seek to shepherd with the love of the Good Shepherd. Bless them all. And be especially with our listeners today in this program that you will speak a word to their heart and to their mind. All of this we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Mary conceived without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, as you know, this month of June Mm -hmm. is the month of the Sacred Heart. I know we'll have a priestly ordination in this archdiocese. It's Father's Day also. You know, it really ties into the spiritual fatherhood, uh, the gifts, I think, of fatherhood uh, that you've been talking so much about in the last year or so. And you will be joining a group to head out to a special gathering, Amazing Parishes. And Mm -hmm. I want to just kick off with that because there's been... Seeds planted in the Archdiocese Mm -hmm. of Portland through the power of the Holy Spirit. You're seeing things start to grow uh, with this really sharing of evangelization and this message of Jesus Christ. Give us a sense of what you're seeing with these amazing parishes, how it's working here in the Archdiocese. What has happened here is, I mean, the the Amazing Parish program has been around for some years now. I wouldn't say, it's not a program. That's not really quite the right word. The Amazing Parish approach or culture, maybe it's better Mm -hmm. to talk about the culture of Amazing Parish. I mean, it is an organization uh, founded by uh, a man by the name of Pat Lencioni who is a, a consultant. He is, his, his company is actually called The Table Group. And actually, uh, one of their consultants locally here, Chris Jensen, uh, from The Table Group is working with me personally and my leadership team here in the office uh, to help us, but also uh, Pat uh, through, through uh, as, as part of Table Group, I guess you could say, or sort of an offshoot, founded this amazing parish idea. And basically, it's to take the, the, the skills, the techniques, the insights that he has as a consultant and leadership consultant, and to bring this into the church, to bring this into the life of our parishes, especially uh, with our priests. 
Um, so what, what, what Amazing Pair seeks to do is to help a pastor, a courageous pastor. I mean, they, they actually you know, look for a certain uh, kind of priest to be a part of their program, a priest who is, is, is a loving shepherd, who is faithful to his flock, who wants to serve his people, who's, but is, who's also wants to be faithful to the church, faithful to the teachings of the church, faithful to the discipline of the church, um, and who has, you know, the, 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 the capability of courage, you know, especially in the culture and the time that we have, you know, it's, it's getting harder and harder. And, I, and this is, was part of my message, actually, to our confirmation young people this year is it's, it's, it's kind of hard to be a Catholic in the world today, and it's going to get harder. And so we need this kind of support. So, so you know, th- this is to really help build up these pastors by surrounding the pastor in the parish with a leadership team. It's called the parish leadership team. They, they uh, call it the PLT, the parish leadership team. So to, to, to build around a priest, a pastor, his own leadership team that become this, this tight unit immersed in a culture of prayer uh, and of evangelism and, and discipleship uh, to really strengthen the, the key leadership in the parish, uh, especially the pastor, but, but also the pastor's leadership team around him. So the whole idea is really to, to give this priest and his leadership team some of the tools, the skills uh, necessary to lead, mm-hmm. to really lead a parish community. Because uh, quite honestly, many of us, you know, we, we just, we, we don't feel well trained to this task. I guarantee you, you know, this is not something they teach in the seminaries generally. You know, you're, you're taught all your theology or sacramental theology or moral theology or dogmatic theology or liturgy or church history, your scripture. But somehow I think we presume that these men who are being formed to be priests also just happen to have all these great skills for being a leader in a community and to lead a staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's just not necessarily the case. And that's where a lot of priests, I think, really struggle mm-hmm. uh, and, and feel inadequate at times, um, feel insecure. So the whole idea here is to surround these priests with support, their own leadership team, but also the support of the archdiocese, the bishop, to help, to help really build them up. And then and the idea is that the, the pastor and his leadership team, the work that they're doing then radiates out to that next circle, if you will, which is the rest of the staff and volunteers in the parish. And then from there out to the wider parish community to create this culture in the parish, a culture of evangelization, a culture of discipleship, uh, a culture of prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and then to hopefully have an effect on the wider community outside the church, you know, to be truly evangelists. So what, what's happened is uh, we as an archdiocese and, and myself as archbishop, we've partnered with Amazing Parish with this organization to, to really work in a, in a more coordinated, uh, intentional effort here to create this reality here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Typically, what Amazing Parish has done in the past is they just make their, their services available to any priests around the country who, who want to you know, avail themselves of this. And there's an annual conference that they go to, which is, uh, you know, uh, coming up or maybe is happening as this, as this uh, particular radio program is being broadcast. Um, it's in Denver this year. 
But in, instead of just doing a hit and miss in the parish here and there, or a priest here and there throughout the country, what we've decided to do here in the Archdiocese of Portland is is come together in a unified way and really partner with Amazing Parish and to try to get as many of our pastors uh, to participate as we can. And uh, then to that'll also draw these men together here just locally in this local church to support one another, to help one another, to encourage one another, even, even to hold each other accountable, if you will. So last year in Kansas City, I, I led a group of 20 priests uh, to Kansas City for this conference last year. Uh, and they also bring their leadership team with them. So before they go to the, the conference, uh, the annual conference, they identify their leadership team in their parish, who they want to be on their leadership team, and... Uh, they bring them to the conference as well. So it isn't just it isn't just the priests. It's the priests and their leadership team around them, which can include uh, maybe a permanent deacon, uh, maybe if they have a parochial vicar, a priest, yes. But mainly it's lay people. Mm-hmm. It's their lay leadership. It's their lay... Some of our parishes are very small, and they don't have big staffs. And so maybe part of their parish leadership team are also some volunteer people that, that forms their inner core, sort of their most trusted body of coworkers, where there's great transparency, great vulnerability to each other, an atmosphere of prayer, where there can be healthy conflict. You know, conflict is not bad. And this is one of Pat Lencioni's uh, greatest, or most, I shouldn't say greatest, it's one of his points that he just keeps driving home, that in, in a parish leadership team or any leadership team, in any business even, we, seem, we tend to avoid conflict, you know. He, he uses the image, you know, especially when we do this in the church, because we, we're nice, right? We're Christians. We're nice. We're not going to argue with each other. You know, we're not going to, you know, push back on somebody, you know, because we're nice. We're Christians. Well, you know, so we go to these meetings and everybody nods their heads and then you go out in the parking lot and then, you know, people are, are gossiping and, and bad mouthing and saying, I can, can you believe they said that at the meeting? That, 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 well, I don't agree with that. that. You know, that's not healthy. And so Pat uh, Lencioni and, and through Amazing Parish and through others, consulting work, encourages what he calls healthy uh, conflict in a team that you a, a team should be so um, bonded to each other, so unified that you can have conflict. You know, even with the pastor, Father, I, I'm sorry, I disagree with you. I think that's that's a wrong approach, and here's why. And then you can talk it through. And of course, then once a decision is made, everybody gets on board. Everybody gets on board. So these are the, the sorts of things that, that, that we're talking about. So we had 20 go last year with me. I led a team. I'm leading another group this year. We've got 10 pastors going this year along with their parish leadership teams that they've identified and along, uh, along with actually some of our pastoral center staff um, to help them get a little bit more familiar with this so they can be a support from here as well from the pastoral center. And so the 10 that are going this year, five are repeats. Uh, priests who have gone in the past, and now they're going to deepen their experience. And I just participated earlier uh, before the conference in a meeting with all the leaderships uh, at the conference, and I'm considered part of that, I guess. Um, And there'll be separate tracks for people Mm -hmm. who are returning so that they can go deeper. And then there'll be the tracks for those that are just starting out to give them the the, the basic skills. So of the 10 that are going this year, five are repeats, five are new. Mm -hmm. So we're adding five priests now this year. Uh, which will bring the total number of priests who participated here, I, I guess, up to 25. And that's a significant portion uh, of our priests in active ministry. And I hope over time this will grow mm-hmm. because it's, it's, about, it's about giving these priests and their leadership teams confidence, support, direction, 
you know, uh, just a, a healthy way to lead. Uh, but it also is, is meant to unite us. Because I meet, you know, with some regularity with the priests who have participated uh, so that we can all be on the same page in terms of the work of evangelization that Christ wants us to do here. So this isn't, this is about organizational health, yes, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's not organizational health as an end in itself. It's in service of the mission, and we have to keep that ever before us. It's in service of the mission to witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ here in Western Oregon. But we've got to be united. We've got to be organized uh, and, you, and, and, and really intentional about what we're here to do. Right. And you need a healthy core in order for that to grow. I mean, I think about Jesus bringing the disciples together. You know, yeah, there's going to be some uh, conflict there, but yet it's Jesus Christ is the focus. And I think your your focus of let's have a healthy parish where everybody knows what our role is. Right. You know, we each, know where we're going. We know where we're going and we're on team Jesus, I like right, to say, yeah. uh, to to go to heaven, but we want as many people as possible to join us in knowing who Jesus Christ is. It sounds like, Archbishop, the relationship building is a huge part of this. Relationship building amongst the priests, amongst the community, uh, that's building a culture. We have an identity that is of one body, mind, and and spirit, and it sounds like this amazing parishes is I, is helping to build the identity, the Catholic identity of who we are. Right, and I think I think part of the unique thing that we're doing here in the Archdiocese of Portland by being very intentional of our in our partnership with Amazing Parish is to bring about a unified effort uh, because you know we have a history in the church in the United States. And I'm just going to say we have a particular history here in the Pacific Northwest, and I'll get even more particular, a particular history and culture here in the Archdiocese of Portland of it's, it's this rugged individualism, this libertarian spirit, if we call it that, where parishes just see themselves sometimes as an entity unto themselves, where they don't see a, a deeper connection with the neighboring parishes, with the other parishes of the archdiocese, quite honestly, with the archbishop. And we're fragmented. And we, got, we have too many people doing their own thing, creating their own uh, culture in their own parish or, or having I, I, a, new, a new term that's being thrown around these days. It's kind of a, a, a humorous term, boutique parishes, boutique parishes. You know, our parish does this. This is what we're all about here. And then, but we're all about something different over here. That's not the church. Mm-hmm. The church is one. And the church has, should have one mission, one, one vision. I mean, yes, there are particularities to individual parishes that have their own culture, if you will, because of where they are geographically or maybe what some of their history is. But it can't be to the extent of being separated from the overall mission of the church we need to be united in as one. I, you know, this is a message I've been preaching until I'm blue in the face. And yes, and I'm going to say it. You know, to be united with with the bishop. You know, I'm not I'm not here to be a, a paper pusher. I'm not here to be a CEO. You know, and and I'm sad to say that many people uh, look upon the bishop as that, and he's this distant figure who just you know randomly brings down decisions from on high. That's why I've made a a real effort in the last uh, few years to get out more, uh, 
to be present in parishes through these pastoral visits that I do in the various uh, regions and vicariates of the archdiocese. Um, I've completed, I think, 14 of those week-long visits to different regions. Why I'm trying to spend more time with the priests uh, as much as I can and focus on, on them is to try to foster and bring about this unity uh, that under the leadership of the bishop, who is the chief shepherd of the flock, you know, it's my job to set a tone, to set a direction, to set a vision. Now, I don't do that independent. I don't just, you know, wake up one morning and just all by myself formulate this. I do this in, in a very collaborative way, in a very consultative way. I listen to, again, my own leadership team. I listen to our priests. I listen to our archdiocese and pastoral council. We're getting all kinds of information through the synodal process. Uh, you know, so, so I try to listen. But it's, at, at a certain point, somebody has to set the direction and set the, the, the mission. And like a leader, as Pope Francis says, sometimes the shepherd needs to be out in front of the flock, pointing the way, showing this is where we're going, folks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he needs to just be in the midst of the flock and get to know them and be among them and share in their, their joys and their sorrows and their burdens. You know, and that's what I'm trying to do with these pastoral visits and, and to be with people as much as I can. Sometimes the bishop needs to be behind. The shepherd needs to be behind encouraging the stragglers, those that are weak and maybe are in danger of, of, of falling behind. But it's that, it's that first role to point the way in the vision. You know, and it isn't for, uh, and I know this sounds self-serving, I apologize for that if it does, but... Um, you know, it's it's like um, the bishop says, okay, this is where we're going. This is this is where we as a local church are going to go. And, and you get resistance. You know, you get people saying, oh, no, we don't want to go in that direction. Oh, no, we don't believe that. Oh, no, no, no. We do something different over here in our parish. We don't want to be a part of that. Well, that's not the church. Again, it's not the church. And, and I think this is the work of our enemy, our ancient enemy, to try to keep us divided Keep us fragmented. This, this uh, one priest pointed out to me that there's sort of a spirit of confusion uh, in the air, you know, that uh, uh, and doubt, you know. And and what I'm trying to do is is bring these priests together with their parish leadership teams to get these parishes more and more moving in the same direction, so that we can evangelize this this place. That's the mission Jesus has given us. And the enemy would love to keep us divided, because when he mm-hmm. when he keeps us divided fragmented, we're ineffective. And he, that's exactly what he wants us to be, ineffective. Somebody has to lead. And, and, and that, that's just the way it is in the church. You know, somebody has to lead. And uh, what I pray for, and I pray for regularly, I pray for that unity of, of missions so that we see ourselves in communion with one another, communion with our pastors, in communion with our bishop, all moving in the same direction to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I think, at least for me as a person in the pew, but also one who wants to volunteer and serve in different ways in my parish, is that you mentioned, we do this in prayer. These leadership teams come in prayer. Absolutely. They they bring out conflict or, or different questions. What about this? What about this? But we as a, as a people in the Catholic Church, we need to continue to pray that we can be part of this process. How can I support better my pastor, mm-hmm. our deacon, uh, those young men in our church who may be called to a vocation to the priesthood or religious life, or some of these women, maybe they're called to religious life, that there is a place for each of us to be out on the front lines 
and really prayer and supportive. Yeah, you mentioned prayer, you know, and I, I go back to uh, a lot of this uh, more recent work in the Archdiocese began a, a little over a year ago when we had the Acts 29 retreat, Father John mm-hmm. Ricardo and his team come in. And, and, and one of uh, the things that uh, Father Ricardo I've heard him say it more than once. It really sticks with me. Is he says, as as a church, as Catholics, we're really good at praying before we work. We're very good at praying uh, before we do whatever we're going to do, but we're not very good at praying to know what we should do. Mm-hmm. You know, we you know we start every meeting with a with a prayer, right? You know, and I mean. It, we started this radio broadcast with a prayer, but that's typical Catholics, right? We sit right. down, we sit down for our pastoral council meeting or whatever, and we say a prayer to begin the meeting, and then boom, we dive into the agenda and plow through this agenda that we've already set, right? What would it look like if parish councils gathered together with their priests and said, "Well, let's pray about what we should do in the parish. Let's let's go over to the church for a half an hour." and pray before the Blessed Sacrament. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to, to show us as a group what we should be doing. What should our work be? What, 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 what should we be attending to? You know, so we need to seek. That's what, that's what, that's what Amazing Parish is, is, is trying to help us do in, by creating that culture of prayers to get these teams and staff and then the wider parish praying together as to, as to what the Lord is asking of us. That's a little out of the box, Archbishop, isn't it? But yeah. that's part of the Holy Spirit's work, I think, is to get us out of our comfort zone. Oh, we've got this. No, Jesus has it, yeah. and we need to catch up with Jesus. Surrender novena. Yeah. Let's go back to the surrender novena. The exactly. whole The whole spirituality of that surrender novena is to, is to not try to figure it all out just mm-hmm. by ourselves, but mm-hmm. to trust Jesus that he's going he's gonna to guide us. He's got this. He's going to make, as he says many times, in the, he's going to make miracles happen. Silent miracles are, are going to happen when they're necessary. He's got it. And, and we just have to seek to cooperate with his grace and where he is leading us through his Holy Spirit and through the church. And, and that happens you know, also through, through church leadership. Yeah, yeah. This month we will have a priestly ordination uh, just your heart, how you're, you're oh, yeah. seeing Deacon Destin yeah. grow in his you know, formation. It's, it's, it's amazing because, uh, yes, I remember uh, Deacon Dustin Bussey, soon to be Father Dustin Bussey. You know, I accepted him as a seminarian for the Archdiocese of Portland. I remember him, you know, on that first discernment retreat. And I remember, you know, the, the sort of the, the he, not the hesitancy, but the tentativeness of, of stepping forward and saying yes. And the, there was a very, you know, for many men, and, and, and it's very fragile at the beginning, you know, is, is this really my calling? But to see this man in all these years of formation now grow uh, in, in the Holy Spirit, to grow in his faith, to grow in his, his humanity, to grow in his courage, to grow in his joy, and to see him so excited, uh, you know, about being ordained. I saw him uh, just uh, in, in, in February when I was visiting our seminarians in Rome uh, and went on the, uh, the, the pilgrimage uh, to Ireland. But uh, to just sat down one-on-one with him for a good long chat. And just to see his enthusiasm, his joy, his excitement about stepping into priestly ministry, it's, it's amazing. It's just so, it's just, it's just, uh, there's nothing like an ordination. Really, I think it's probably one of the most joyous days in the life of a local church. And I think it's certainly uh, one of the most joyous days in, in the life of a bishop is to, is to ordain priests. You know, we ordained three deacons mm-hmm. uh, just a few weeks ago. 
uh, for the Archdiocese of Portland. And uh, those three men that we just ordained deacons, they will be ordained priests next year, God willing. Or as I, I like to tease them, I say, you know, God willing and the Archbishop willing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, you know, God willing, yeah. these three men will have three priestly ordinations mm-hmm. next year. And then we've got two more men being ordained uh, to the diaconate this fall. They'll be ordained in Rome. They're two of our students studying in Rome, and I'm planning to go over for their ordination. And uh, Brent Derschmidt and Justin Echevarria. So they'll be having to go back. They'll come home on their pastoral year. Then they'll go back for one more uh, year before before ordination to the priesthood. So they're going to be not next year, but the year after. So yeah, the the Holy Spirit is 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 bringing men here uh, and bringing vocations to us uh, to help care for the needs of God's people here. But these are great men, and and I'm so excited. It just on a bad day, and 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 I gotta admit, folks, I I have some bad days when things look just very discouraging. I look at, at, at our seminarians mm-hmm. and I look at the, the future uh, of the church long after I'm going to be gone. And uh, it, it gives me encouragement. Yeah, well, I'm encouraged. And I think this summer, if you happen to be in a parish where there is a seminarian, maybe you have one of these transitional deacons at your parish, boy, love on them, uh, ask them questions about their vocation and get to know them and continue to pray for all of our seminarians as they head back in the fall and continue to follow um, an amazing priest. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he is uh, the ruler of our hearts. So with that, Archbishop, we'll pray for your safety and everybody's safety on this amazing parish. Parish conference. I will be looking forward to hearing what happens when you all come back and return. And with that, would you please close us with your blessing? Yeah, and I would just ask, uh, uh, before I give a final blessing, I would also like to ask all of our listeners, please, to pray for, for our priests. You know, this month of June is is a month when, when many, many priests are ordained. I think uh, most of our uh, priestly ordination anniversaries come in the month of June. Mine, certainly, in the first of June. Um, but to pray for our priests. And I would say pray especially for those priests who are undergoing changes this year. You know, that are gonna, this has been a very difficult year for priest assignments, to be honest. And I just have to be very frank about that. It's been a very, very difficult year um, because of just some unforeseen things that are happening. But so priests always find it difficult to undergo these transformations, leaving one parish, starting over somewhere else. And sometimes they see it as a real challenge. So I just ask our people to please pray for our priests, especially those undergoing these transitions. For those of you out there who will be receiving new priests, please be loving and be patient uh, uh, in, in receiving your new shepherd, your new spiritual father. Absolutely. All right. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, your parishes, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.
If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.